Windows 12 gets detailed and the game awards happened and we need to talk about it. Happy holiday Friday. I mean, it's it's a holiday. I mean, I think I believe Hanukkah has started. We're getting really close to uh, the Christmas time. There's a lot going on. Uh, the Game Awards happens. A lot of information about Windows 12 has leaked. There's just it's it's just a jam packed episode. It's a Friday. If you're not happy on a Friday, my condolences. But I'm happy. It's a Friday. Let's dive in, my friends. So kicking things off here, uh, Copilot, everybody's favorite Windows companion that's not named Cortana, is now undockable. Now that's basically exactly what you get, right? It current in its current state you can only have it you can have it one way you can have it open and docked on your whole side of your right screen and that's about it right it's the old henry ford you can have it any way you want it as long as it's black uh well copilot is now going to be undockable and so yeah i'm sure some people that will make them very very happy uh there's a new feature coming to outlook for web and windows which makes complete sense because it's basically the same thing for the outlook app you can now use voice to dictate emails which is great if if you want to do if you want to do that so uh other super duper duperty duper interesting things here windows 10 support windows 10 the proverbial uh sword in the stone of rock bottom rock bottom <laughs> bedrock windows operating systems is going to get support extension so microsoft has officially come out and said hey look we recognize not everybody's going to be off windows 10 in two years and we're going to let you stay on it. Now, if you're an enterprise, you're going to be paying. So this is an ESU or extended support uh, updates or something like that. That is not that unusual. Windows 7 and I believe Windows XP offered this functionality. And of course, Windows 10 is as well. Where it gets really interesting is that consumers, eh, you're going to have to pay too. But I mean, like, are you though? So according to this is official Microsoft language, it says, if you are an individual consumer or or an organization who elects to continue using Windows 10 after support ends on October 14th, 2025, you will have the option of enrolling your PC in the paid extended security updates. There you go. Ext ESU, extended security updates. Uh, the ESP ESU program enables PCs to continue to receive critical and important security updates as defined by the Microsoft Security Response Center through an annual subscription service after support ends. More details and pricing will be provided later. Now, the big, like, big, big, big question here is uh, enterprise customers, they'll probably pay in some respect. Not all of them, but some, some will. Are consumers? Are consumers going to pay at all? First off, Windows 10 was quote-unquote free, right? I mean, technically, if you bought like a Windows Dell laptop or whatever, you did pay for it. But if you're on Windows 8, Windows 7, and you use one of your keys and you upgraded, it was a free upgrade. I mean, technically, along the way, you have paid for Windows at some point. But Windows 10 was basically free. Let's just kind of go with that for now. What consumer is going to pay for these updates? I, I, am an, I fall into this bucket. I've said it a dozen times, the the box I am recording this on that you hear my lovely voice tones on a Friday is Windows 10. It is not capable of being upgraded to Windows 11. Yeah, I know there's some workarounds, but I'm not interested in doing that. I just need a box that can turn on, run XSplit, record, and unfortunately connect to the internet. So am I, what are they going to charge me to keep this box updated? I don't know. And I honestly don't know if I want to pay for that. Now, if somebody's going to come in and say, Brad, you're just exposing yourself to vulnerabilities. Now, putting that aside, if you will, 
I am I, I am more on the technical side. I'm probably more likely to pay than somebody else. That being said, here's the scenario that I'm wondering how Microsoft is going to deal with. So all of a sudden, let's say it's two years from now, Windows 10 has expired. A massive new virus or malware is exposed on the internet and it's impacting every single version of uh, Windows 10. It's Let's just say it's November 1st, 2025. Everybody is out of support at this point unless they're paying. Is Microsoft going to just let that happen and let all those devices just now, uh, now just, you know, get infected by this rampant malware? There's some precedence here. Microsoft is actually, if you remember, Microsoft like shipped Windows 7 updates pretty far past actually its expiration date. So as a consumer, Am I am I gonna pay? Or if ever, if enough people don't pay, Microsoft will patch the the most critical of vulnerabilities. I don't know. I don't know what consumer is actually going to pay for this. We don't know how it's going to manifest itself. Microsoft might say, look, if you're paying for Microsoft 365, it's just included, which would be the smart thing to do. However, this is Microsoft after all, and they want more money. And so we'll see. The fact that they're not announcing these updates and, and pricing today kind of goes and tells you like, hey, they haven't figured it out, which is, I guess, fine. Uh, but just know that it is coming. And you may be asked to pay, and I'm sure Microsoft will love to get more people into subscription revenue, especially on the Windows side where they can tie it directly back to Windows because Windows needs more revenue from Microsoft at the end of the day. So, I don't know. It's one to keep your eye on, but at least now we know that Windows 10 will not officially die in two years. So, uh, other things that are happening. The most critical of all... Okay, not really. Uh, Notepad is getting a character count. I don't know how many years it's been since it hasn't had a character count, but Microsoft is pushing out a connect an update to Notepad, and they continue to update the app with the most basic of features. But either way, uh, that is now it. Now, Windows 12, my friends. Windows Central, uh, specifically Zach, was able to dig up a bunch of details. Some of this we've heard before, and some of it is really just starting to piece things together. On the screen here uh, is one of the features, so I'm just going to let this roll in a loop. It's called the AI-powered wallpapers. We saw this leak earlier, I believe it was from The Book is Closed, uh, posted this, I want to say back in October, something like that. It's these AI wallpapers where you, if you look really carefully at the mouse moving, it's this parallax-style effect, and apparently that can happen on any type of wallpaper that uh, meets the basic requirements for being a wallpaper on Windows. We'll see. We'll see if it actually happens, uh, meaning all wallpapers as an example, but we'll see what happens here. So the big deal about Windows 12. So we heard, uh, was it last week from Asus or Acers, one of those companies, they were in Taiwan at an event and they said, look, Windows 12 is coming in June. Now, Zach doesn't actually believe, or he's not committing that this is actually gonna be called Windows 12. It might be called Windows 11 something or else because, and I've heard this previously from inside the walls of Microsoft, Microsoft is a little concerned about the optics of just Windows in general, right? We just learned that Windows 10 will have extended support, Windows 12 will come out, and then all of a sudden, Microsoft is gonna have all these different flavors of Windows just floating out there. And I suspect that Windows 10 adoption of newer OS will just eventually it, like cliff, right? Meaning it will not shrink anymore because people like myself will continue to run things, but just I, I it's really hard for me to come out and say, I need to go spend $1,500 to be able to record the exact same video on the exact same microphone and create the exact same content for YouTube, but I have to pay $1,500 to go do it because I effectively need a whole new machine and a lot of the content, a lot of the parts in here, minus like the storage 
and the GPU is older. It's a GTX 1080. It's not a bad GPU, but okay. I at least need a motherboard. I would at least need a CPU. I'd at least need a new box, uh, more than likely, and probably a power supply, potentially, depending on how much power. It doesn't matter. Anyways, uh, so Microsoft is a bit concerned that they'll suddenly have like three versions of Windows out there and it just, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like you want all your customers moving in sync. And by launching a third OS, you would be breaking that up a little bit. Now, Microsoft to their credit has already sort of hedged on this a bit, a bit right now. They just talk to people who run Windows, right? They just, they just talk about Windows users and that's that. And so if someone's going to chime in and say, well, they should just stop calling it Windows 10, Windows 11, Windows 12. It's a logical thought, but it's not going to happen. For one, OEMs really, really like the numbering, right? They say, look, you have a Windows 11 box. Windows 12 is here. It's shiny. It's new. This is feedback Microsoft got from them during Windows 10 because like, look, they said, look, it's hard to sell a new device when you're running the same OS, even though Microsoft's screaming, there's new features, but it doesn't matter. It didn't really matter at the end of the day. And someone's going to chime in and say, well, they should still do it anyways. I'll tell you what, look at the iPhone. If it was truly a non-issue with consumers, we would just have the iPhone. But now we have iPhone 14. Like it's it's a it's a thing. Now you can make the other argument and say, look, they're just MacBooks. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Anyways, things that are coming uh, with Windows 12 advanced copilot, as if the copilot we have now is not advanced, uh, but it works. Uh, it's going to be a little bit more integrated into the Windows shell. Like th that's kind of the theme here. Is that the I almost said Cortana. Cool pilot is integrated into the Windows shell. They might be bringing back the timeline feature as well with AI, of course, right? Uh, that way, make it easier to search across everything, make it a little bit smarter. That way, the AI could look at your, your timeline and be a little bit more helpful. Enhance live captions. This AI wallpaper that you see on the screen if you're watching the YouTube version. AI-powered search. Um, makes me a little nervous that maybe there's going to be some more Bing tossed in there, which would be a net negative. And so that's sort of where we're at and what we're looking forward towards uh, a potential spring announcement, spring 24, that is, and a potential early access would be likely in June and then a shipping to every customer in uh, starting in the fall. Now, there's some other things, too, that might potentially be in there. One more interesting than others. So Microsoft looks like they might be trying to do this core PC thing again, where they have lockdown versions of different components of the OS and then the consumer or end user things are are broken off and it's supposed to be more secure. The, the TLDR that you need to be aware of here is that your current device will not be rolled into this model. Like it's going to only be net new devices and it's probably going to be a very specific set of devices. Wouldn't even surprise me if it's only enterprise or maybe even government clients that are initially enrolled in something like this. But either way, that's another new like sort of under the hood update. Not really sure. I mean, Microsoft, I, I, I don't want to downplay security in any way is a bad thing to include. But if it's more of like a Windows 10 S thing, I don't think that's going to go over very well. We'll see. We'll see. The, the reality is right now, it's way too early to say what is actually going on with uh, specifically that kind of stuff. So uh, other things. Oh, Windows decided for the, Windows decided that the image up on the display behind me is just no longer going to be up on there. Thank you, Windows, for doing that. We'll just, we'll just go put that right back. You know, happy little accidents here on the Bob Ross of podcast or whatever. Yeah, that's probably, that's a disservice to Bob Ross. Whatever, happy little accidents. So let's, where were, where were we? Anyways, uh, AMD announced actually a pretty significant thing this week too. They also announced new AI chips. Now you're going to be like, Brad, but they've already done, whatever. The I believe it's MI300. 
I, yeah, MI300. I always think it's ML. Maybe it is ML. I don't know. You know when it's like a perfect stick? You don't know if it's an I or an L based on your font. That's where I'm at. Whatever. These new chips are coming from AMD, and they're going to be pretty significant. They are supposedly better performing. Again, this is AMD's benchmark, so take them with a grain of salt, than the H100s from over on NVIDIA. As long as they, uh, they're not going to be as good as the new H200s, obviously. As long as they are equal to or better than the H100s, then AMD should be able to sell a lot of these chips. Not just because they're comparable, but because companies need a hedge against NVIDIA. NVIDIA right now takes their chips, walks into a room and says, everyone start bidding on this. How much are you going to pay me for these chips? That is, I'm paraphrasing here, but they own the market and they are ruling the price uh, pricing for this and they are reaping massive rewards. Now with AMD coming on board, assuming that they can scale up, assuming that their tooling is as good as NVIDIA's or at least comparable to deployments, then AMD stands to really start growing some revenue. The biggest loser in all of this, honestly, is actually Intel, who we continue to not, you just don't hear Intel's name being tossed around in these markets. Intel does have a GPU segment, but at the end of the day, they're they're continuously trying to play catch up. And maybe Intel will surprise us, which I, fingers crossed, I hope that they do. It's better for competition, so that way you would have Intel, AMD, and NVIDIA all competing for these, these uh, high-end chipsets. But as of right now, Intel rules it. AMD looks like they're going to show up and be able to play and actually be able to capture some of that revenue and be deployed in data centers. I believe Microsoft is already committed to buying uh, some of them as well. And so it's a good thing for the industry and should help lower pricing, hopefully across the board for everyone at the end of the day. Uh, the other thing that broke overnight is that the CMA is launching a new in investigation into Microsoft. So Microsoft's getting probed from all over the place for Azure stuff or for licensing, for whatever else. So you can toss a new one in there. So the CMA has launched a new investigation into Microsoft, this time around its partnership with OpenAI. Now, again, because this is just starting here, it's they're, they're requesting feedback from customers and clients and all that sort of stuff. Because at the end of the day, Microsoft is a juggernaut and Microsoft has effectively sucked up all the air in the open AI room and now has a, a an observer seat on the board, if you will. So they're not on the board, but, but we all know this. Like Microsoft's given them so much money. They pretty much, they don't own open AI, but they own all the rights that matter uh, for when it comes to really making significant amount of money in the enterprise. So there you go. There you go. Anyways, on to the gaming news because it, it's a gaming extravaganza, a gaming extravaganza last night, the Game Awards, which before I say literally anything about the Game Awards last night, just before I say anything, it is a massive production to put this stuff on, and the team over there did a wonderful job. It is not easy to line up all that content. It is not easy to line up that much entertainment. It is not easy to do what they have done, and honestly, it's a good thing for the industry. To me, the Video Games Awards last night felt much more like E3 than an actual award show, and depending on where you're at, that's a good thing or a bad thing. It was very... It, it was... It was very professionally done. I will absolutely say that. And it felt like a high polished thing, which the gaming industry needs. I, I don't want to hesitate to say that they need that because it helps elevate the artwork. And if you don't think that games development is art, then you should go try to build a game. It would be, and it's incredibly difficult, all the decisions you have to make, the actual literal art you have to make, and then the mechanics and everything else. And so from that perspective, the Game Show Awards they did the they did the industry well i think is the best way to describe it however however it's i think it's fair to the critique that it also felt a bit bloated if you will like it the game 
I, I don't know the actual business model, but I'm assuming that companies can come in and pay for time, right? And, and it felt like it was overloaded with ads or just games that maybe are too far out or not immediately relevant. Because you got to remember, one of the primary differences with the Game Awards versus, say, an E3 is the Game Awards is all backwards looking, right? You're all looking at everything that happened this year, not everything that's happening in the years ahead. And I think that's where the disconnect honestly felt for me is like, okay, these games all look great and fun, but I'm not, I'm here to see who got, who was the best game of the year, right? That That's what a lot of us logged in to see. And so that is, that is my critique. Um, so on the, on the Windows side, on the Microsoft side, they had a ton of announcements. They definitely showed up, if you will. Uh, a couple of things to just point out here. So Ori, which I'm a, I was a big fan of Ori. I, I still play Ori just because if you have an OLED display, do yourself a favor. If you can, if you can pull this off, if you have an OLED display, do yourself a favor and download Ori Will of the Wisps. Turn off every light in your room get it as dark as possible and put that game up on the display and it is pixel perfect for an oled display i love playing the game it's just casual i i i still play it a decent amount just when i need to just veg out and just and just sit around and and not think about anything so yeah anyways ori has announced a new game so no rest for the wicked it's an action rpg uh the other interesting couple of int other interesting announcements i always butcher their name but, but kajima productions we all know who that is i think it's od creepy cre creepy creepy af that is the only thing i can say about that uh it it is it looks wonderful i don't know i i think it's a testament to how good the trailer is that i didn't really want to watch it because it was like that creepy so it's really going to push those boundaries and hopefully they are able to execute with graphic fidelity like they showed off in uh in the trailer and yeah <laughs> it looked good the other the other one and which i gotta dock microsoft a little bit for this like th this one was a little frustrating so blade was announced this is great it's it's a marvel based blade game right it's being built by both arcane studios in paris and so here's here's the thing here's here's my beef with microsoft at the current moment is it exclusive to xbox it would seem so right it's being built by a bethesda studio it's an xbox company building this thing uh previously phil spencer had made comments that like hey all this stuff is that's first party is going to be day one and exclusive to game pass or xbox platform Microsoft didn't say any of that, and they didn't even put any of that terminology. It's not even like a footnote anywhere. It's like, hey, we are building Blade, this game. And is it an Xbox exclusive? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Now, I, I don't want to dock on Windows Central. They they did write that uh, it was going to be an exclusive, and then they redacted that uh, because they made the same assumption that everybody else is, like Bethesda's doing it. Uh, it's, a, it's, it's a game, right? It's coming from Microsoft. It should be, like, that's Microsoft's motto. But until they explicitly say that, we don't know. And someone's going to be like, but Brad, that we just kind of assume that. However, I want to just point out one thing, that Marvel... The, the branding, the IP, they own Blade, right? They are in, they have a big amount of weight when it comes to these things. And someone will say, Indiana Jones is an exclusive, and it, and it is, like, the, we know that. And Blade should be the same. Yeah, it, that's fine. I, I hope that it is. I hope that it is. I have no issue that it is. But why isn't Microsoft celebrating this, right? If Microsoft needs these big win moments of, like, Blade is exclusive, only on Xbox sort of thing. 
And if you can't say it at the Game Awards, like if you're not supposed to do that or whatever, then fine. But put it on your website, put it anywhere, just to give your fans that are paying for Game Pass something to know that, hey, I'm going to get this game because of it. So I, I don't want to, that's like the only folly that I really saw Microsoft make is like if you've got exclusive titles and you're doing all this stuff and you're probably paying for this kind of money, tell your fans. Um, and if it's not, then, you know, if it's not, let's, let's assume or make the assumption currently that maybe it's not, maybe it is coming to PlayStation, then maybe celebrate that as well. But it should be something that, I, I don't know, like this weirdness around, like, is it exclusive? We kind of think it is. Why'd you pay all this monies for these studios and these titles if you're not going to do, it? I don't know. Uh, that is one of the big things that is sort of, uh, unknown at this point. So other things happening at the game show award. So Baldur's Gate obviously got uh, the overall winner. Well-deserved, by the way. I mean, I, it's frustrating, right, that Starfield wasn't there, but we're not going to get into that. Uh, best game direction was Alan Wake 2. Best narrative was Alan Wake 2. Best art direction was Alan Wake 2. <laughs> best score of music, Final Fantasy 16. Uh, best audio design was High Five Rush. So that's obviously a Microsoft title. Uh, best performance uh, was Newborn from Baldur's Gate 3. Games for Impact. And the list goes on and on. So, again, it was a good... It was a good event for the industry and no big, uh, you know, whatever. So other things happening, <laughs> other things happening with uh, the Xbox side of the world. So the FTC is not done with Microsoft and or Xbox. So they uh, they went to court and 37 venture capital firms backed Microsoft saying like, look, please just drop this FTC. And we don't really know what's going to happen. I think by all means, uh, the FTC has a very much an uphill battle to try to get anything done and try to justify their point further. But anyways, it's not over until they technically say we're done. So, uh, because it is an Xbox studio now, Call of Duty Season 1 dropped. It's fun to be able to talk about Call of Duty in official Xbox Microsoft fashion because this is a very much Microsoft-focused podcast. So, with New Warzone, although there are some bugs, uh, I would be a little cautious maybe about just... Unless you're dying to get into it, maybe just, maybe just wait till the weekend. Even my or Monday. Um, there, it's definitely got some bugs. Um, there's also a new bigger, badder, bolder Xbox fridge, my friends. Look at this bad boy. So this time around, I missed this on, during the initial announcement. This thing is an official refrigerator. It is not a thermoelectric cooler. So this thing has two shelves, bottom pullout uh, bin, eight beverages, eight beverage cradles, three door shelves. 11 liter chiller compartment for keeping things extra frosty, reversible door and adjustable feet. And you can actually see right next to where it says power your dreams uh, and green there, like sort of in the top portion of the fridge, there's a little Xbox logo. That is actually a button that you can control how cool it gets. So this is a true refrigerator, a true refrigerator that will set you back $198 dues at the Walmart. So there you go. There you go, my friends. That thing, I don't think I'm going to buy one. I mean... I, I don't th keyword. I don't think I'm gonna buy one until I'm in Walmart going like ah, I should get one of these just because I mean like the other one is right here like <laughs> granted I don't have this one plugged in because it's thermoelectric cooler and it's loud but um, yeah I mean it's 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 literally right there. So let's dive into the questions of the weeks, my friends. So kicking it off is Sydney 2K saying it's that time of the year where I ask you what all the pluses and minuses. Oh, we'll save this for a later episode because, <laughs> okay, this is a good question. It says where I ask you what are all the pluses and minuses of Microsoft years? It sounds obvious uh, what the pluses were Activision and AI, but here let's rank them plus any other merit points. 
and also demerit points from Microsoft this year? This is a great question, but I'm going to punt this one to a later episode. Typically, I like to do this between the time of uh, the end of the year because one, it's a good time to do it because, hey, it's the end of the year. Two, there's typically not a lot going on. So wrapping that stuff up is super helpful. Mr. PKI coming in and saying, Brad, what is going on with the Windows 10 extended support for consumers? Can a home user buy extended support for security patches? Do we know what it'll cost? It is all because people just do not have the hardware to run Windows 11. So Mr. PKI, we don't know a bunch of those questions. The only question we know, the only answer we know is that is it because people just do not have the hardware. And for the most part, that seems like that's a big portion of it, right? I've got a box in my house. Um, there's obviously a non-zero amount of other people who are also impacted by the same thing. We don't know what it's going to cost. We don't know exactly when it's coming either. Well, I guess we could hedge and say it's coming in October of 2025. That would seem like a logical timeline for that to appear. But Microsoft would need to get people enrolled prior to that. Although I would take the bet on this. Get ready for your little widget fly up in the bottom right corner. It's like you are missing out on support important security updates. Click here to subscribe and get your updates and it's going to cause a riot and Microsoft's going to make a bunch of money. Uh, Rafiq145 says, Hi Brad, Windows 11 feels like it was released just yesterday. As from their reports, isn't it odd for Microsoft to release Windows 12 next year? And will AI make this new version the best version of Windows ever? What's the most important thing that, we, that it will have on it? So, it really just kind of depends how long you've been following Windows. Microsoft used to be in this kind of like three, four-ish year cadence of releasing updates. So when it is released, it will actually be three years. And that actually feels about right, maybe, right? Maybe it's, it does feel like it was just yesterday, but at the same time, hey, you know what? Microsoft, get on to a proper cadence. One of the biggest things coming, and again, Microsoft has promised this, previously, but it did not materialize. It was honestly, you might be able to say Panos' biggest lie, but potentially, I don't, I don't know, mistruth, whatever you want to call it, was Windows 11 was supposed to only have one major update per year. And as we all know, they just, they have Microsoft now has A, B, and C, and D weeks of the month where they can ship whatever, whenever. Supposedly with Windows 12, they're actually going to do that. They are actually going to do it like for reals this time. However, there's already a caveat to that because they have some things planned that will come out after it. And so it's like for reals, these guys, uh, but supposedly that might be the biggest thing is just stability and uh, of updates and uh, a lack, a lot less chaos at the end of the day. Remember, there's new leadership coming. You know what? I support Microsoft being aggressive with their annual releases, right? Going from like Windows 11 to Windows 12, just not their weekly chaos uh, of releases. So confused geek with two questions he says do you visit the xbox insider hub um he says they like to announce things that will come in the future via surveys like the wraps from a couple months ago this week they have a survey on what elite controllers can be huh i have not i don't know i actually don't really visit the insider hub all that much but i just i don't know i i just don't i Maybe I should. I'd be curious to know what the elite controllers actually with the surveys said, considering that the wraps were in there. What are they saying about the elite controllers? Are they trying to find new features and functionality and kind of test that out? Remember, we are in the elite series two. There is potential room going to elite series three. So maybe confused geek uh, with the second card says, Brad, why? Why do I like the Bengals white black helmets, but not the black white uniforms? I don't know. I like the Bengals as long as they're winning. Uh, actually, I've people Anybody who's watched this for more than 30 seconds know I like the Bengals a lot more than when they're just winning because I watch every single game and I have for a very long time. I really like the team. Good, batter, and different. Jake Browning crushed it last week, and so that's all that matters. And Schofield 
ending it up with another solid question is, what do you think Xbox will do with Battle.net? That's a really good question because Microsoft has to make a decision here, right? My Xbox is really big, right? It's really big, but they've got these huge studios, right? You've got battle.net over here. You've got Activision doing their stuff with Call of Duty HQ over here. You've got Xbox doing its own thing over here. And you also can't forget, you got Steam as well, which Microsoft does not own Steam. Microsoft, in theory, could put together a platform that rivals Steam just because they have so many studios. However, they could take a little uh, history lesson from Epic and realize that just because you have content doesn't mean you're going to be able to be successful, right? The Epic uh, launcher does not appear to be doing nearly as well as, say, uh, Steam. Actually, not even say as Steam as compared to Steam. So we don't really know. We don't really know. I'm sure Microsoft is planning something here. And whatever it is, I can guarantee you it will take a long time to materialize. Unless they're just like saying, nope, we're going all in on Steam and whatever. We're going to drop all this stuff and we're going to integrate with uh, other stuff. But if they're going to if they're going to roll their own effectively continuing going forward to get all of their content and platforms into one service is a monumental task. And so we'll see what happens. We'll see. Look at that. <laughs> People sometimes wonder if I'm crazy, and I sometimes wonder if I'm crazy, but everybody here watching the video just saw the TV behind me just turn off. It didn't turn off. It just like got stopped getting the signal from Windows and then just came right back. We don't know. We don't know. Whatever. It's spooky Friday. Halloween has happened. Apparently, I've got a couple gremlins somewhere around here, maybe in a cable or two, and an Xbox on the desk. But anyways, friends, hopefully you all had a wonderful week. That wraps it up for this week. I am jazzed. I am fired up. And, uh, I don't know, have a wonderful week. We'll catch all of you right back here next time.